0: Hello and welcome back for episode 8 of Tevating Patiently. I'm your host Elizabeth, and today's episode is a light and fun one. Today we'll highlight a few of Aaron's on-screen and on-stage love interests and their chemistry both on the screen and stage and off. Hope you enjoy. While Aaron has had multiple screen and stage love interests throughout his almost two decades of performing... This episode is going to focus on the relationships that he's had with some of his more recent co-stars, starting with Graceland and going to his Sparkling Diamond co-stars of Moulin Rouge. He's got the charisma. He's got the charm. He's got the looks. It's no wonder any on-set relationship role that he has, he crushes and makes it look natural. In season one of Graceland, FBI rookie Mike Warren is introduced to Abby, played by Jen Poskey. one night at a bar. Paige, played by Serinda Swan, is actually the one to set them up. Abby's from Baltimore, she's taking some time off school, she's so down to earth. And in Mike's world of undercover danger and lies, Abby makes him feel safe and like he can be himself. Only he can't. Their relationship is basically doomed from the start because, as an undercover agent, Mike lies for a living. Nothing he has told Abby about who he is is true. And that's no way to build the foundation for a successful relationship. But being the rookie that he is, Mike swears he can and wants to make it work with Abby. He does okay until one night he breaks one of the only rules that he's ever broken. And he brings Abby back to the Graceland house and up to his room. Upstairs is completely off limits to guests. House rule. Abby sees Paige come back in her undercover clothes holding a gun and is rightfully alarmed. Then she finds Mike's gun in his room, and that's the end of Abby and Mike. She knows he is not who he said he was, and she walks away from the relationship. As a viewer, I get it. I get why it had to end and why their relationship wouldn't work, but I also feel for them. She gave him a sense of security, and I believe that if he was able to be a little more open and honest with her, they could have actually had a shot. Then, there was Paige, played by Serinda Swan. At the end of Season 1, even into the beginning of Season 2, I was rooting for Mike and Paige. They understood each other, and the crazy world that they were a part of, and were able to offer each other support but about halfway through season two, Mike and Paige's beliefs about work and cases cancels out any sort of relationship that they once had and is replaced by a lot of distrust and manipulation, especially on Paige's end. I don't want to spoil the events for listeners who haven't yet seen the series, but I can say it doesn't go well for Mike and Paige. There's so much betrayal that causes grave consequences for the other. Let's just say that I've watched the series multiple times, and by a certain point in season two, the rage feelings all come flooding back because I know what's coming. I'm feeling those feelings now, here, just talking about it. To see Aaron and Sarinda's interviews together, you have to really separate that they're actors playing Mike and Paige. They're not actually Mike and Paige, so they can be friends and have that pleasant relationship stage. But all right. Let's switch gears and lighten the mood and discuss one of my personal favorite on-screen relationships of Aaron's, Laurel and Gareth, in the CBS show of Braindead. Laurel is played by actress Mary Elizabeth Winstead, and Laurel and Gareth are the definition of opposites. Laurel is a Democrat. Gareth's a Republican, for starters. They both work in politics in Washington, D.C., and right away they argue over their beliefs on how situations should be handled, They test each other's loyalty a lot in the beginning of the show because they don't trust each other. Then the bugs. The brain-dead bugs start to eat the brains of various politicians and Laurel catches on first that something weird is up. She crosses that political line to try to explain the situation to Gareth and get him to understand that something weird's happening. Gareth is at first resistant, and then he just accepts her thoughts without actually believing them himself. And then when Gareth sees the bugs firsthand, he realizes Laurel's been right all along. His character is a tough, matter-of-fact exterior breaks down, and his vulnerable side starts to come out, where he's really reliant on Laurel, and they lean on each other to manage this craziness. Mary Elizabeth and Aaron's chemistry and banter throughout the show is so natural. They get each other through many strange, bizarre scenes and situations, I mean, without giving too much away, at one point they manage sex, chocolate, and salami all at once. That takes a special kind of relationship, and now they both have a scene that they can claim as being the strangest thing they've ever done. I'd love to see Aaron and Mary Elizabeth cast together again, because they were so good together throughout Braindead. Prior to Braindead, however, at the start of 2016, Aaron took on the role of Danny Zuko. And took part in creating the live musical classic, Grease Alongside Julianne Huff. We all know the story of Danny and Sandy, their summer love and romance, saying goodbye, having their worlds collide again at Rideau High, the on again, off again romance throughout the show, and the final number that it's made clear to both of them that they're the one that they want. (laughs) When this show was in its casting process, Julianne was already locked in as Sandy. Aaron was on the fence of whether or not to play Danny because he was nervous about singing live on TV and just how it would come off. But after he accepted the role, he was sent to do a chemistry test with Julianne, which they both obviously passed with flying colors. Aaron and Julianne both had strong performing backgrounds to pull from for their Grease Live roles, Julianne being the professional dancer and singer and Aaron being the performer and singer. They complemented each other so well And we're both ecstatic to take on these classic roles together. I like it stands the test of time. It's timeless, and I think that that's why we're able to do it now. And it doesn't feel dated or anything, Mm -hmm. you know. Um, When I was five years old, six years old, I don't even know how old I was or the first time that I watched Grease. But I just, I just knew Grease, and I would watch it a lot. And it was just a part of my my thinking. And like it was the first time I thought, wait, I. I can sing and dance and act all in one thing like Olivia Newton-John and like I want to do that and I want to be Sandy and um, so yeah so my my five-year-old inner child is literally freaking out right now. <laughs> you know, Similar for me too. I mean, I, I think Reese is probably the first musical that I ever knew or was aware of yeah. before I even really knew what a musical was. And, you know, I, my, I saw it probably at the same age, five or six, and it's just something that's really a part of our culture in a way that not many things are. Mm-hmm. Outside of the rehearsals on interview sets, Aaron and Julianne would exchange witty banter and would often share how natural it felt to be performing together and with the rest of the cast. They became like a small little family unit during the months of rehearsals leading up to the one-night live show. As far as kissing in their on-screen relationship, there were not many of those scenes in Grease Live, but there were a lot of opportunities for physical touch and closeness during dance numbers. The little looks that they gave each other throughout the show further enforced their chemistry. For example, before big dance moves like At the School Dance or At the End in You're the One That I Want, they would both exchange small small smiles with each other, as if reassuring the other that they got this. Fast forward to 2020, and the world is shut down due to the pandemic when a little light enters the world in the form of a Hallmark Christmas movie, One Royal Holiday, and Aaron Tveit is paired with Laura Austis. Broadway royalty right there. Laura is a real-life Broadway princess when she originated the role of Cinderella, and Aaron, who might as well be a prince, got to play royalty as Prince James of Galwick. In an interview, Lara was funny in how she described her and Aaron singing in the movie. There were small clips where they sang George to the World during a candlelit evening, and Lara said they had to try to make their voices very, quote, pedestrian, so it would seem more natural for a nurse and a crowned prince instead of sounding like two Broadway stars that they are. Lara and Aaron had no shortage of chemistry throughout the movie, the way that Lara's character was able to give Aaron's character a hard time when he was being pretentious and formal added humor to the movie. Um, and um, getting to star opposite Aaron Tveit was, you know, something I've wanted to do for a long time. I've known Aaron for a long time. We've done concerts and things together, but I've never done a full project. And I was just elated to find out that, you know, he was cast as as my co-star um, Two of my favorite concerts that Lara and Aaron have done are Elsie Fest in 2015 and with the New York Philharmonic on New Year's Eve. Their take on West Side Story is, ugh, it's breathtaking. A few of my favorite moments between Lara and Aaron throughout the movie are when Anna is driving Prince James to Connecticut and he tells her she's driving too fast and she says, you act like you've never been in the front seat of a car. Well, he hasn't. When Anna finds James in the kitchen in the middle of the night and tells him he looks like Captain Von Trapp and would win most dressed at the pajama ball, and Aaron tells her he gets that reference and it's an honor. And when James finally tells Anna that he trusts her, when she gives him advice, and finally the ending scene when James returns to Anna and they dance their Christmas waltz. Thank goodness for Christmas in July and getting to see Aaron on TV this month since it's been a while since we've seen him live. And finally, Saving the Best for Last with the Sparkling Diamonds and Christian the Composer. Aaron had the opportunity to create chemistry with three rock star Satine's during his run in Moulin Rouge. Karen Olivo, Natalie Mendoza, and Ashley Loren. Aaron and Karen originated the roles of Christian and Satine in the adaptation of the Baz Luhrmann film. Both have shared on multiple occasions that they've always been huge fans of the movie, and when they found out that it was being adapted to stage, Karen said her response was, quote, It's about time huge fan of the movie, Mm -hmm. so I'm geeking out on the inside, I'm trying to be real cool on the outside, but I mean, who doesn't want to be Satine? I've been a fan of the movie since it came out, and I always thought it would translate so well to a stage, and I think the adaptation's incredible, and we're kind of honoring what's there in the movie, and then trying some new stuff too, so it's going to be cool. Moulin Rouge reopened after the pandemic with a new Satine, Natalie Mendoza. She's the Satine that I saw when I saw Moulin Rouge for the first time. Natalie's fun backstory includes that she actually starred in the original Baz Luhrmann film as a dancer, and now she was the sparkling diamond starring alongside Aaron. In the Broadway In the Wings special, Natalie spoke to how she always felt supported by Aaron's presence on stage. He often says, I got you. You know, sometimes I'm like, oh, I'm tired tonight. And he was like, I've got you. and I, And I really know he has got me. Throughout his run, Aaron also performed many, many Moulin Rouge shows with Ashley Loren, who was the Satine alternate until Natalie Mendoza left the show on May 8th. Ashley and Aaron together were a powerhouse on stage with their voices, their banter, specifically during the Elephant Love Medley. Ashley has stated in multiple interviews that she has never had a partner on stage who she has felt safer with than Aaron. She knew that every time she had a scene with him, she was in good hands. Now, I know I've left out many of Aaron's on-screen and stage partners and could dive even deeper into the ones included in this episode, but it's not hard to imagine that his chemistry with earlier career partners was just as strong, and I can't wait to get into those in future episodes. Thank you so much again for listening today and for your support of this podcast. It really means a lot. I hope to see you back here for episode 9.